2: The story.
0: I never saw myself doing ministry at all. I mean, I had very big plans to be a mergers and acquisitions lawyer, and that's what I wanted to do. But I guess I started to do this sharing and speaking and also helping young people get engaged and involved in active Christianity. And we did some of that in America, in Indian communities and things like that. And I had an experience over there, and it really rocked me. And from that, I said to God, right, you know, if you want to use me for ministry, it's all you.
2: G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we take a look outside of Australia and turn our focus to Cambodia. Where Troy Roberts lives and works with his wife Nicole. Troy is the founder and CEO of a ministry there known as Raw Impact, which stands for Raising Awareness Worldwide. Raw Impact is an organisation that delivers aid and develops farming and building projects with the goal of helping locals become self sustaining. Troy Roberts is having a chat and sharing his story with Karen Hunt.
1: You are a former youth pastor. You've got a couple of degrees in business and in law. I know you've done a lot of volunteer work in Africa, also in Asia. You've lived in Washington in the U.S. and you're currently living with your dear wife, Nicole, in Phnom Penh in Cambodia. Tell us, as the founder and CEO of Raw Impact, this is a ministry what was yeah, life like for you as a kid? And did you ever imagine you'd be doing something like, <laughs> you know, kicking off Raw Impact in Cambodia?
0: Uh, no, that's probably the furthest thing from my mind when I was growing up. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Grew up in Darwin. Okay. Um, very proud of that. Love Darwin. Uh, mum and dad still live up there. I've uh, got two two younger brothers. And, uh, yeah, I guess grew up in an all-boys home, so we were always out fishing and playing a lot of cricket, backyard cricket, street cricket. Yeah, went to a Christian school, um, enjoyed that. Mum, I think, when I was very young, took me along to Sunday school for a bit of free babysitting, dropped, huh? dropped me off at <laughs> the local St. Peter's Anglican, and, um you know, I would go on my own, and mum and dad would have some space, but um I think later on they sort of started to get a little bit interested in the church and we all started going as a family for my for primary school years I guess mm-hmm. and um, you know I used to enjoy enjoy singing and enjoy all it, all of it really but it was when I was about 13 that mum lost her sister, my auntie and um, I think that really rocked our family and sort of rocked my mum's faith. I think it was about that time as well that I lost interest in church as a teenager. I wanted to explore the world and do all the fun things. And I suppose our whole family sort of stopped going there for a while. And um, it was probably year 12, 17, 18. I really started to think about, you know, is there a God? You know, everything was going well in my life. i just got into law and business at uh, uni and things were great. But I just wanted to like cross off this box before I went any further just to make sure, because I just—I guess I had something in my mind that thought, you know, we'll better check this out. So um, I ended up going to this Darwin Baptist church, sat in the back row. I remember mum used to come along with me sometimes. It was about once a month for a year there, and I uh, used to sit up the back row and listen to this surprisingly young preacher and what really shocked me was, you know, he genuinely thought he had a friendship with Jesus. I thought he was on drugs at that point. I thought, you, you've got to be joking, mate. You know, like, you're really talking about this Jesus like he's your very close friend. And yeah. um, I guess also that guy, he, he was also educated, which um surprised me. You know, he, he was an economist and smart, switched on guy. And I remember going up to him after a sermon and just trying to suss him out, you know, you, you for real, mate, or... Or are you just, you know, he are just speaking it? Words are cheap. It's easy to say something, but do you believe this? And uh, he did. He, he would chat to me about it, and um, it really got me thinking even more, you know, like, wow, maybe there's something to this. I, I wanted to keep looking. Ended up going down to Newcastle to study law and went along to a little little church there and it was full of uni students and that sort of shocked me because yeah. I didn't think really young people went to church. You know, and these guys read their Bible and that shocked me as well. I didn't think young people did that too much, but I decided, you know, I wanna I wanna read this book for myself. I don't wanna necessarily listen to a preacher different preachers and different churches are saying different things. I wanna read the Bible. I want to have a look at it. And sort of see what it says and see what God has to say for himself. And when I read it, um, I started at Luke's because that's my brother's name. And I read through and just saw a completely different picture of God. You know, I went to a Catholic high school and just saw a different picture of God than what I thought growing up and kind of shocked me how much grace there was. Stories like the prodigal son and things like this and certainly wasn't the idea I had of God. And I felt at that point like I wasn't good enough. You know, how could I come to church? And at that point, I was still going out, diet clubbing and all that sort of stuff. And I just, I decided to go along. And every week or two, I went along and slowly, slowly it took, probably took several years. I started to really realize that, wow, you know, there is a God. And he's not a God that's going to hammer me when I stuff up. He's a God that, you know, is going to show me nothing but love. And really, he just said to me, hey, I just want to be friends, Troy. You don't have to change your life. Because I said to him, I said, look, I've already stuffed up so much. I'm not going to change anything to get to know you. He said, that's okay. i not asking you to change at mm-hmm. this point. I just want to get to know you. And slowly, slowly, he introduced me to people that didn't need to get slaughtered on the weekend, that had relationships, that, you know, believed in sets after marriage and all these different things. He showed me these sort of people and they had something great in their life. And I realized that gradually he just showed me a better way to do life. You know, I still regularly stuff up, but he, he certainly changed a lot about my life and a lot about my heart. I guess one of the early things I got involved with was a thing called Stormco, where we went out to Aboriginal communities that stands for what service to others really matters. And um, we go out to these Aboriginal communities as a church group and, just go out there to serve them, not to necessarily preach to them, but just to see how we could meet their needs. And a lot of it involves working with the kids. And the first time I actually went, I went because there was a few good-looking girls on the team. I was probably wrongly motivated, but of I went out there. Of course, and-
1: reason to go, isn't
0: it? <laughs> it was a good reason for me at the time, but... Going out there, throwing on a clown suit and playing with little Aboriginal kids, seeing how much they were crying out for love in some mm. cases. Mm. You know, they'd pull my clown nose and annoy me and at one point I wanted to throttle one of the kids, but then I realized, look, you know, he's probably really crying out for love in his life. He didn't have a dad around and it really impacted me that week away in that community. And after that, I did one every year pretty much and um, really was drawn to the practical side of Christianity. I thought, if this is what Christianity is about, then I'm really interested. You know, it probably took three or four years before I decided to get baptized, give my life to God. And yeah, that was in uh, three I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during the law degree, I went and spent a year in Africa. That was hard in some ways, very hard. I found the racism very hard over there to deal with, that whole melting pot, even within a church context. But I came away from that, and and it was probably two years after that I did get baptized, and I realized that, you know, I can't look at people to find God all the time. People aren't always the best representatives of God, even church people. Yeah, and I I started this journey with Jesus and said, look, you know, use my life, and he ended up sending me over to America to work. You know, I wanted to be a boys dean. But uh, you know, this is a few months after I got baptized. He's got me in a sort of a ministry position, working at an improv church, a Friday night sort of youth church thing, and just administering it. But it got me into youth ministry. Truly, is this
1: in the U.S.?
0: Yeah, this was in the U.S. in Washington. Okay, a little town called Walla Walla, and uh-huh. um, a little university town there, and. Yeah, I just loved it. It brought Christianity alive, and I started to share my story over there to young people, especially. I started working with the high schoolers. I think because I got free snowboarding trips every week, I started working (laughs) with the high school kids. Yes, I was like, um, I just started sharing my story and being very open about my past as well with them. And helping young people to realize that you might think you have a terrible past or you might think you've made some big mistakes, but, you know, we got a God big enough to bring you out of that, Mm. to not only forgive you, but to show you a better way. Mm. And that's what God had shown me. He'd shown me a better way in all these areas. I was quite open with, with different aspects of my life. I think that shocked a few people, but... I wanted people to know that verses in the Bible like where Paul says, in my weakness I'm made strong, that's real. It's not about having it all together. It's not about having a perfect path. It's about coming as you are and letting God change you from the inside, not trying to fit in and trying to behave right necessarily. It's about going on a journey with Jesus, getting to know him first as your friend, and letting that experience transform you. So,
1: Wow, Troy, that is a whole lot of experience all in a nutshell right there. What an amazing ride just even in that part of your life, hey? (laughs) Yeah. You were starting to say about the speaking opportunities that came about.
0: Tell us. Yeah, I guess. I never saw myself doing ministry at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I had very big plans to be a mergers and acquisitions lawyer and that's what I wanted to do.
1: Wow, and, that's a far uh, you know, cry.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went and did a quirkship with Free Hills in Sydney and then ended up on this volunteering stint in America, still thinking that I wanted to do M&A when I got back. But I guess I started to do this sharing and speaking and uh, just sharing my story, sharing what I was finding in the Bible as I was reading through it and discovering it for the first time in some instances also helping young people get engaged and involved in active Christianity. And we did some of that in America in Indian communities and things like that. But Uh yeah, I guess that experience really changed me, America. And I had an experience over there, a moment where I saw a play And it really rocked me. And um, from that, I said to God, right, you know, if you want to use me for ministry forever, it's all you. Mm. Uh, I don't know how that's going to look or, Mm. you know, maybe that's as a lawyer, maybe it's not. And I had that moment with a few tears in my eyes and a big prayer with God and, he from that point took me on this journey and coming home from america i did some theology study i you know went and spent some time as a youth pastor and yeah it was you know a great two years because it really it really opened the bible up to me and sort of helped me get a little bit deeper in it having not grown up with you know the bible around me all the time I really wanted to learn a bit more and so I went and um, did some more work with youth and took them on trips to Cambodia. I wanted to go somewhere overseas, somewhere a bit crazy, somewhere mm-hmm. that needed help. And uh, I remember we wrote to Cambodia and Madagascar in Africa. And I thought, you beauty, I really want to go to Madagascar. That'll be great. But uh, they never wrote back and only Cambodia wrote back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great. You know, what, what's in Cambodia? Why would I want to go there? But anyway, God had different plans, I guess, and 35 of us ended up building a playground at an orphanage just out of Seam Reap in Cambodia. Yeah. And the place absolutely rocked my world. You know, the people, the kids, what they've come through with the Khmer Rouge 30 years ago mm. where a quarter of them got wiped out. Mm-hmm. And to see how happy they are, how they're going forward, but also to see what a group, a small group of college kids, uni kids, could do to have such a great impact in the third world. Mm. And that also really, you know, really rocked me. Like, wow, we can have a hu- we can make a huge difference and we're just a group of uni kids. So from that trip, I guess, you know, that really drove me to put some other teams together up to Cambodia and do more work at that particular orphanage. And a little bit later, a few years later, I decided to, you know, start working for an organisation, doing it a little bit more full-time in terms of the trips. It was International Children's care.
2: You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with Troy Roberts, who is the founder and CEO of a ministry in Cambodia known as Raw Impact, which stands for Raising Awareness Worldwide. We'll find out more about this ministry and also about how Troy met his wife when we return. The Story. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're back with more of Karen Hunt chatting with Troy Roberts, the founder and CEO of a ministry in Cambodia called Raw Impact. Troy is sharing his story about how the Lord worked on his heart and led him to start a ministry that provides aid to people in desperate situations in that country. Next, we'll hear how the ministry was started, but first, Troy will share how he met his wife, Nicole.
0: Yeah, it was quite a funny story actually. Um, one of my colleagues, Tanya Tanya Lawrence, she met Nicole in a little coffee meeting in Phnom Penh, yeah. and uh, you know, proceeded to ask her if she was single, and <laughs> told her that she she knew someone she you know she needed to meet, and kind of set us up on a bit of a blind date. It's worked out pretty well, I think.
1: So, so. she she's an Aussie girl.
0: Yeah, she's an Aussie girl. Yeah, at the time she was up there working with the She Rescue Home, uh, looking after trafficked girls, traffic rapes and abuse girls up there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, doing amazing work, and um, and we just really clicked by our whole values and. What we, what we wanted in life and what we wanted to do with life. Yeah, it didn't happen straight away. It took some convincing took <laughs> a few months. But
1: Good um, on you for persevering.
0: Yeah, that's it. So, so how long so. were you with
1: that particular organisation for?
0: Yeah, I was with them for three years, um, just over three years yeah it was during that time, I guess Nick and I had a bit of a vision on our honeymoon actually for something different, and uh, we we really believe God spoke to us and gave us this idea and this concept for raw. We didn't really know what it was about at the time. We still don't know where it's going exactly, yeah but yeah, we felt like he really showed us this this different way to do things and gave us this idea of raw raising awareness worldwide, that sort of Became raising awareness worldwide for lasting social impact and uh-huh. yeah, we came up with the concept to launch our own organization, which has been such an exciting journey, um, probably the biggest thing we've ever. <laughs> We've ever tried. Um, sometimes a roller coaster, and sometimes you ask yourself, "Why are we doing this?"
1: So your background in in law, our uh, legalities, your heart for practical community service, Christian service, and mission work all comes into play. Again, you said "raw." R A W stands for raising. Awareness Worldwide. So specifically, Troy, there in Cambodia, give us a little bit of a synopsis for those who've never been there. What have you seen and what are you trying to inform us about, make us aware of?
0: Well, taking various team trips and then living on the ground up there for the last three years, we've seen a lot of injustice. We've seen a lot of situations that could be easily changed. Mm -hmm. And... um. You know, especially with children out in villages without adequate food shelter is another big thing um, education i mean schooling's a joke in some villages uh, but one of the things that really rocked me was when I was working undercover for another organization, yeah. um, just on the side volunteering and he sent me undercover into a hotel that was known for um, child prostitution and I ended up seeing a five-year-old girl being sold and Mm. that was probably the hardest moment Mm. I've had in Cambodia. You know, chatting to Nicole about it, just asking some hard questions like, how does this happen? Like, how does a girl get to the streets like that to be sold and where does she come from? You know, what what village does she come from? and What did they pay for her and how did they convince the mum to give her up and what situation was that family in to not be able to afford to feed her child and look after them? All these things started to flood in as we started to plan for Rora what projects we'd be a part of. You know, we wanted to, to really make a difference at the prevention end of child trafficking. That was a big, a big part of our motivation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, So we looked at, you know, how we could holistically lift a village out of poverty and help families and help children educate them about trafficking and give them a livelihood so that they didn't have to, they weren't, weren't in a position where they felt they had to take a few hundred dollars for one of their children. Yeah. Yeah, so there's been those experiences that have really driven us. You know, one of our passions is yeah, raising awareness worldwide because we believe that if we can raise the right awareness, then people will naturally want to get involved. If we can tell a story and almost give the villagers their own voice through things like the internet and the power of social media, yeah. we believe that people from the west, people from our world, are looking for ways to engage. But often, you know, we get told. Oh yeah, Troy. I want to help out, but I just don't know how. I don't know where to start. Or I, you know, I don't just want to give money. I want to get involved hands on. Mm. And I guess what we're trying to do is facilitate a way people can get really hands on, and uh, if they want to, come on a team trip and you know be a part of a two week experience. You know, others will come for a year. Others might drop in for a couple of weeks. Others may volunteer, use their skills from home from Australia, and just help input that way. Mm. Um, And others might be simply financial, but. You know, we just believe there's lots of different ways people can get involved to make a difference up on the ground. You know, I guess we love the team trips because then people see with their own eyes. They can experience themselves and see how much a very little amount of money goes and see the problem because unless you understand the problem and understand who the people are, then you know, you're not going to have a way of solving it.
1: Yeah. Troy, tell us about your team. Looking Mm. on your website, you seem to have a really great bunch of people, a great strong team that have come to you from all over the world, really. Give us an outline of who you've got and what's happening.
0: Yeah, we're very fortunate. And one of our passions really is to involve team trips um, and and individuals in a hands-on way. So, you know, we've partnered with school chaplains, uh, schools, churches, now some corporates coming on board to send their their crews of guys up and girls up to um, make a difference and use their skill sets, their professional skill sets. So it's very exciting. Um, we love partnering with schools especially because, you know, bringing year 10 and 11 students up, part of our passion is not only to have an impact on the third world, but also to have an impact on the first world. Mm. And, you know... The way that that influences and and, um, changes the lives of school kids, in particular, you notice it, um, is just great for us. I mean, it is a ministry for us as well, um, this work. We've had debriefs around the circle at the end of a team after 14 days on the ground. And we had kids from the Barossa Valley, very much a wine region. And one of the boys said, look, I've never had so much fun without drinking. And without alcohol involved, and I didn't realize that I could come and do this. And one of our things is we really believe in working with not only Christian teams, but non-Christian teams as well. We believe everyone needs to be involved. And so, you know, we partner with public schools, private schools, Christian schools. Um, and, and, you know, then you got your corporates. We're, we're doing a trip with UNSW. And, and, you know, they're not a Christian group, but that's great. You know, yeah. Nicole and I really believe that it needs to be open to all all people to get mm. involved. If I think about my own story, I started doing this kind of thing and that really taught me a lot about Christianity and I was, a, I was really attracted to that type of Christianity that was hands-on.
1: Troy, if people are interested to find out more about raising awareness worldwide, Raw Impact, but specifically in Cambodia, what's the best place, what's the best website they can go to to find out all this information?
0: Yeah, I guess please have a look at our website, Mm rawimpact.org. And, yeah, please be in touch with us, info at rawimpact.org, if you email info. Yep. I'll receive it and we'd love to chat with you about getting involved, whether you'd like to bring a team, be a part of a team, be a part of volunteering on the ground in Cambodia or even from Australia. We also have office in Sydney and now Perth. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'd, we'd certainly love anyone's input. That's our passion for people to get involved in this.
1: Well, you've certainly come a long way from growing up in that little Catholic school in Darwin mm-hmm. in the yeah. Northern Territory. God bless you, Troy, as you continue with yeah. what you're doing, also with your wife, Nicole, and your family that are up there. Uh, as yeah. such, your, your team, your staff with mm-hmm. Raw Impact, doing a great work. And again, if people want to find out more, rawimpact.org, essentially is the main website thanks so much for sharing with me today and I wish you
0: well thank you so much Karen thank you
2: bless you Troy bye bye
0: you too bye
2: that was Karen Hunt chatting with Troy Roberts who's the founder and CEO of a ministry in Cambodia known as Raw Impact, which stands for Raising Awareness Worldwide. And it was great to hear how, over a period of years, God worked on Troy's heart and led him to where he is today, having a positive impact on the people of Cambodia by helping them become self-sustaining, while at the same time helping Australian young people broaden their perspectives on the world and, hopefully, also developing a heart for others less fortunate than themselves. Once again, the website is rawimpact.org Just go there and who knows maybe a short term trip with them is just what you need. It could be a life changing experience. Well thanks for joining us for Troy Roberts' story. I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story.
1: We were downstairs together and um, we were both going to work and he came to me to, to say goodbye, you know, to kiss and, and he, he put his hand up to my cheek and said, Mum, you've got too much rouge on, too much blush on, you don't need it. So I looked up to him and um, I said, Oh, Johnny, what would I ever do without you? And he said to me, Oh, Mum, you'd manage. And, you know, I think that was probably the, the last words he spoke to me, which was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Lois Thompson is a pastor, social worker and author of the book Hope in Cancer, Death and Grief. And unfortunately, she has had more than her fair share of all three of these. But through it all, she's experienced the unmistakable presence of God and hope in the journey. She shares her remarkable story next time. The Story, story. just another
0: way vision is connecting faith to life.